What's up, everybody? This is Jake Walker, and this is Living for the Day, a podcast that exists to encourage and equip people to live in light of the day of Jesus's return. I'm pumped for today's episode. It's all about character and integrity, and we'll be taking a look at some of the biblical doctrine of the judgment to come uh, on the day when Jesus returns. So, Maybe some heavier stuff, but such important stuff. I'm excited to jump into it. Integrity and character matter to God. Matters for the day that Jesus returns. Let's jump right into it. All right, friends, thanks so much for being with me again. So excited to talk about inter... I almost said character. (laughs) Character and integrity. I sure love talking about these things, and uh, it's something important to me. And I believe it's important to God, too. So let's start with defining our terms. Uh character. A simple definition is moral or ethical quality. And I like that word quality. We'll come back to it later. Integrity, adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty. I'm hearing words and I'm thinking of words, soundness, wholeness, honesty, not hollow, not deceiving, not out of alignment, quality, when I think of character and integrity, I typically think of being the same person in front of people than, or that I am when I'm not in front of people behind closed doors. I think about this a lot, uh, being someone who has the honor and the privilege to have a microphone uh, and stand on a stage. Uh, I think a lot about, gosh, I don't want to be preaching something that I'm not actually living and believing. Uh, what I what I talk about that I value and I want, I want to actually, with my actions, value those things and live out those things. And again, I, this is something we see in scripture that's important to God. One of my favorite things about being a leader is getting to help set team culture. And so at my work, I supervise uh, a team of leaders and part of my role is to encourage uh, our culture. And I really believe how we set a culture is through values. And so we've come up with some different values and given the values little tag taglines. And so I'm trying to think of a good example before I get to the main one that I want to talk about. One of them uh, is look up for example, and what that means is we, uh, it's our hope value and our, uh, um, yeah, believing that God is good (laughs) and ultimately he wins the day and we're, we belong to him. And so we can take a hopeful outlook on things. So look up is one of our values. One of our values is believe the best. So it's our, our, 
you know, humility, uh, value, a relationship, um, harmony value. And so it's just all about, we, we seek when there's a, you know, a gap and we're tempted to fill the gap with suspicion. We seek to fill the gap with trust. He or she didn't mean it. We like to say as a little tagline, one of the, one of the values though, that perhaps is the most important one to me is our core value private before public, private before public. And it's, yeah, it's our integrity value. It's our character value. We're a team of people seeking to lead students to complete commitment to Christ. That's uh, kind of our, our mission statement for our youth group. And so if we're seeking to lead people to complete commitment to Christ, well, if we're doing that in the public, in the private, right, we need to be completely committed to Christ. We need to be pursuing him. So if I'm telling a student, hey, you, you ought to, to read your Bible, well, I better be reading my Bible where when nobody's looking, right? That's that's character, that's integrity. If I say, hey, be obedient to the Lord, I better be where, when nobody's looking, being obedient to the Lord. That's that's character and integrity. And my main, so I so isn't that fun? I love it. I and I love the idea that uh, that our values shape our actions, which shape our culture. And I think you can think about that from an organization standpoint, but also a family's standpoint, just a life standpoint. Our our values shape our actions, which shape our culture. And so it's pretty cool to live a designed life um, instead of a, just a drifting life, right? And so we can design and say, I'm choosing to value this and therefore I'm going to take these actions and then we live with the fruit of those actions in in the culture in in what kind of comes of that so cool private before public we're talking about integrity and character and come on isn't it like an honor when you're around someone who is super a person of character and integrity in a in a godly way and you're like this person believes um in this and they live it and i know that they believe it and they because of their actions um they're so genuine they're full of integrity and full of character i just it's such an honor when i'm around people like that and i'm so blessed i'm i'm taking my time here getting into the point but one of the things I feel so blessed by is growing up, I grew up in the church <laughs> and I feel like it's really popular to back on the church these days um, in some circles and gosh, it just hasn't been my experience. Like I, I grew up and I got to watch these men and women of character and integrity and it's been, it's been such a joy. It's been such a gift. Like I just want to shout out Mark Pickerel and Tom Hughes and my dad, Tommy Walker and, and Cheryl Fletcher and Kathy Christopher, all these men and women. I, since I was a child, you know, these people that have, you know, been on staff at, at our church for so long and we're just people of deep character and integrity and still are. And so I got to watch that. And I think watching, you know, my dad, and obviously so up close because he's my dad. And of course my mom and 
just getting to watch people of character and integrity made me want to be a person of character and integrity. And please don't hear me saying that I'm perfect. Um, I'm not, but I do value um, character and integrity partly because of the people that I've gotten to watch in my life. So I'm so thankful for my experience um, in the church and at CA. So thankful for leaders in my life who've demonstrated character and integrity. The main point today is this integrity in our day-to-day lives will matter on the day let's go the day the day when jesus returns integrity in our day-to-day lives will matter on the day why jake why do you say that because one day who i really am will be fully revealed um before God. It's already revealed before him. I think of um, Hebrews uh, 4, 12 through 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Uh, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Uh, so everything's already seen, but one day uh, it will be fully seen before the Lord. And uh, that day is coming. And that idea of to him we must give account at the risk of being um, long-winded, I really will seek to not be. But I wanted to lay out some Christian doctrine about the final judgment that's a part of the day, living for the day I'm always talking about. And I just think it's important. I think doctrine, truth, (laughs) matters. Um because it's well how do what do I even say because um whether we like it or not whether we want to acknowledge it or not we will acknowledge it and we will have to reckon with the truth um in our day-to-day lives but also on the day so let's talk about judgment <laughs> um i'm just going to say a prayer before i do cuz i just want the lord to guide my words And I need his help. So, dear God, I just thank you that you're a God of justice uh, and that you actually do judge evil. And you judge uh, that it's good, what is good. And I thank you for that. We need that. And um, I'm just thankful that you're a gracious God and you're a God of justice. And I just praise you and I ask you to help me with my words as I talk about your judgment, pray that I would be in line with scripture, Lord, and that this would inspire, encourage, and equip people to live in light of the day that we do stand before you and we meet you face to face. I love you. Here we go. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you four main points about judgment. First of all, there will be a final judgment. All people who have ever lived. No one gets out of um, standing in judgment before God. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So Revelation 20, that is a passage declaring, hey, there is a judgment coming. Here's another verse, Acts 17, 30 through 31. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. That's pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? He's calling all people everywhere to repent. And I would, you know, add into that, believe in Jesus. But to start over, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He's given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So God's saying, hey, there's going to be a day of judgment. Uh, I'll give you evidence of this. I raised Jesus from the dead. So my first point, pretty simple. There will be a final judgment throughout the Old Testament. uh, Often it's talked about as the day of the Lord. Um, Judgment is all over the New Testament as well. Number two point, Jesus will be the judge. Come on, 2 Timothy 4.1. This is kind of jumping into uh, a passage, but this verse says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. And also that Acts 17 verse, he has said a day when he will judge the world, which is by the man he has appointed. That's Jesus. So point number two is Jesus will be the judge. Where have we come so far? There indeed will be a final judgment. Um, everyone, every person who's ever lived will stand before God in judgment. I think that's an important thing to believe. Like it's not just we die and it's all over um, and we cease to exist. That's not biblical. That's not true. Uh, we will all stand before God one day uh, and give an account for our lives. Point number two, Jesus will be the judge. But let's go on. Number three, unbelievers will be judged. So those who do not put their faith in Christ will be judged. Romans 2, 5 through 11 is a passage that helps us. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they've done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are seeking, self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. So, people who do not put their faith in Christ will be judged by what? By their deeds, what they do. But we see in Romans 3 verse 10 and verse 20 that no one is good. No one is righteous. No one can be saved by what they do. That's a biblical truth. Verse 10 of chapter 3 says, as it is written, there is no one righteous. Not even one. In verse 20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sins. So there's no way to be 
saved by what we do, we need a savior. But for those who reject salvation through Jesus, there is this wrath and anger that this passage is talking about. Again, this means people who do not put their trust in the saving work of Jesus Christ will be found guilty at the day of judgment and will be sent to everlasting punishment in hell. Whew. That's tough stuff to talk about in this podcast, but it's so important to be said and to grapple with the reality and the truth that we are sinners who have rejected God and we need salvation or we will be judged and God's wrath and anger will be poured out on us as sinners and on evil. Um, But there's hope because of Jesus if we would put our trust in how we can be saved through him. So where have we come so far? First, there will be a judgment. Two, Jesus will be the judge. Number three, people who don't put their faith in Christ will be judged. Unbelievers will be judged. And uh, no one can be made right by doing what the law commands. No no one can be made right by doing good. And so uh, without faith in Christ, people will go to hell. Let's move on, though. Believers will also be judged. Point number four. Believers will also be judged. Believers will also face judgment, but not be condemned because they've put, they've been justified, which means be made right with God by grace through faith in Christ. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, that condemnation that everybody is under because of our sin and the evil of our hearts. Everyone is under that. Everyone is under the wrath of God unless we're justified, unless we, we come out of that condemnation through the grace of God and faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Isn't it amazing? Family, friends, like this is intense stuff, talking about judgment, talking about hell. But, you know, so it's, it's just like this thing of like, how could God send anyone to hell? And I think the actual biblical question, when you really, when you really look at the story of humanity and how we have rejected God, our creator, uh, and all that we've unleashed through the evil of our hearts in our world, the greater question is how could God ever allow someone into heaven? And when we get that biblical worldview, a God-centered worldview, instead of a human being-centered worldview, we just can't help but realize the grace of God and the beauty of God's kindness and love. He did not have to provide a way of salvation and redemption and glorification and all that he has, all his generosity. He did not owe that to us, but he loved us. And so he made a way and I'm thanking God for that. When I think about judgment for me, you know, hell is such a hard thing, but I, I believe I've come to a biblical place of believing 
that God is so gracious that he would give us the opportunity to be made right with him because we did not deserve that. So I'm praising God for the gift of salvation when we choose to do that, when we choose to put our faith in Jesus. And I'm, I want to use my life to make sure that as few people as possible go to hell and as many people as possible go to heaven to be with God forever. Okay, so we're on the point that believers will be judged, but they won't be condemned. I'm moving on to my second sub point of the fact that believers will be judged. They will be rewarded according to what they've done. Everyone will face just judgment for their actions. Unbelievers will be condemned. Believers may face some loss, but in addition to being saved through justifying faith, they will be rewarded according to their actions. And because it makes a difference to hear from God's word, and it so connects with our theme of integrity and character, I want to read several passages regarding God's judgment of actions to drive this point home. Are you ready? Here are six or seven passages that I I think we don't talk about a lot, but I think matter for this idea of living for the day uh, when we will stand in judgment before God. All right, Romans 14.10. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Boom. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they've done. Bam. Matthew 16.27 For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they've done. Boom. Revelation twenty two twelve. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. Bam. Ephesians six eight. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Boom. Uh, Psalm sixty two twelve. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they've done. Boom. Jeremiah seventeen ten. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. And we already read Romans 2, 6-11. God will repay each person according to what they've done. Wow, look at all these passages. Like, God is a rewarder, and God is a judge, people. God is a judge. Like, he's our judge. And you know what? I'm thanking God that he's a judge. Because you know what that means? He's going to judge evil. And he's going to make wrong things right. And I'm thankful in a world of such deep suffering and evil that God's going to judge. And you know what? Jake, right here, the one who you're the voice, I am a sinner saved by God's grace. I have evil in my heart to this day, and I'm only saved. I'm a part of the evil and part of the brokenness in this world. But by God's grace, he's only by God's grace. He has saved me and he's sanctifying me and he's changing me that I could uh, bring life and not death into this world. But I'm so thankful that God is a judge and he'll actually deal with evil. My next sub point under the idea that believers will be judged is that there will be degrees of reward. And it makes sense that there are degrees of reward, but here's a passage, Luke 19, 17 and 19. Jesus says, uh, or the, he's telling this parable and the master says, well done, good servant. His master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, your mina has earned five more. His master 
answered, you take charge of five cities. We see in scripture that there's, depending on our actions, <laughs> there are different degrees of rewards. And it also just makes sense if we're going to be rewarded or judged according to our actions, that implies differing judgment based on differing actions, right? So that's crazy. Like, yes, the ultimate glory of heaven is just God's presence himself, but there's also, I don't know, it's a mystery, but there are differing levels of reward. What? I don't know. I just know I want to use my life to receive maximum reward. I think it was John, I don't know if it was Jonathan Edwards or John Calvin who said, I'm going to make it the goal of my life on earth to be as happy as possible in the next life. (laughs) And trust me, anyone who puts their faith in Christ will be beyond unbelievably, we can't imagine it, happy uh, because we're in the presence of God. But what a scriptural truth that um, our actions will be rewarded um, and there are degrees of reward. Final sub point under the idea that believers will be judged is this. It seems that our sins will not be remembered. Praise God. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Hebrews 8, 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So it seems for believers that our sins will not be remembered because the only reason a believer can be made right with God, though they have been sinners, is because of Christ and his substitutionary atoning death on the cross. The only reason we can be made righteous is because of Christ and his righteousness. The cross was the place where God's justice and mercy met, his justice and his love met. And I'm talking about a big subject here today, friends and family, but I didn't want to shrink back from talking about the reality of judgment um, one day. Let's review. Point number one, there will be a final judgment. It's coming of the righteous and the wicked. Everyone, no one escapes this. Number two, Jesus will be the judge. Number three, unbelievers will be judged by the works and condemned to hell because they did not receive and appropriate the means of salvation, which is Jesus. Believers uh, will also be judged, but because of their faith in Jesus, will be saved unto eternal life, everlasting life. They'll be rewarded according to their deeds, and Jesus already paid for their sin. Whoo! That's a lot. And that's a lot of important stuff, important truth. And is it just me, or do we not really like talking about judgment very much? (laughs) And do we not love thinking about it too much? But I think it's important. And just honestly, friends, family, um, the reality of judgment makes me want to live differently. (laughs) If I, you know, it's like, there's a sense of if there wasn't judgment, like if there, if there wasn't like a, a sense of 
hey, what you do matters in the end. It's like, I think Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, well, let's eat and drink if tomorrow we die. If there's no accountability, then let's live very differently. What if we asked ourselves every morning, what's one thing I can do today that I'll be proud of on Judgment Day? Huh. I talked about all this uh, truth about judgment in this episode on integrity because of how much our our personal actions have to do with our integrity and in our in our character. One day our actions will be brought to light. And I want to look at one more passage to demonstrate this. 1 Corinthians 3, 8-15 says, The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So, in context, this passage is about preachers and teachers of the gospel in particular. It shows that their work will be judged. The quality will be made manifest on the day with regard to the upbuilding on the foundation of the gospel. But from a bunch of the passages we looked at above, we see that everyone's works will be judged, not just preachers and teachers of the gospel. And I don't know about you, friends and family, but all of this truth, the reality of judgment, it pleads with my soul to live a life of integrity, of generosity, and of love. I don't want my work um, to burn up one day. I want to have a beautiful reward. And <laughs> this is what the scriptures teach in you know, I, I don't have to love it. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, I, or, or I can wonder why certain things are the way they are. But like we talked about earlier, there's a reality, there's, it's reality and we have to deal with it. And Jesus made a way for us to be declared not guilty through his cross and through our faith in him. I trust that even the small decisions will matter on, to the Lord on that day. <laughs> like I think of a small decision I made one time in high school. I There was like a impromptu pop quiz in Spanish. And I used my book when I wasn't supposed to use my book to fill in the answers. And I just remember feeling conviction. And my teacher was coming to all the desks and, you know, grading our answers just kind of in the moment. She came to my desk, and I remember just saying, you know, professor, or I can't remember exactly what I called her, um, Senora, Senora Dove was her name. I said, Senora Dove, I I cheated on this. I, I just filled in these answers. And she looked at me, and I remember her saying something to the effect of, I'm really proud that you told me. And then she gave me an F. 
uh, and I deserved that F. Um, but uh, that was an important, just small integrity moment for me. Obviously, that's just such a small move, um, but I believe that'll matter one day. Uh, and it shaped me to be a person who continues to want to live in integrity and character in the bigger things. So my call to action today as we wrap up is to make decisions in light of the day that you'll stand before God in judgment. Make decisions in light of the day you'll stand before God in judgment. And I'm not talking about living a life of, um, you know, dread or something. Like God wants us to have fun and to enjoy life. And he wants, he instituted the Sabbath day of rest and we need the whole counsel of God's word, people. And also, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Come on. And let's make decisions in light of the day that we will stand before God in judgment. The nugget just kind of goes with all of this. And it's the biblical reality, the truth that um, Jesus himself taught and the church has believed for these two millennia that there really are only two destinations after the judgment, right? It's heaven or it's hell. And, you know, sometimes we think of Jesus as just this hippie dude who, you know, just taught people to love. Um, and we use our definitions of love. Um, and Jesus did teach us to love, but true love, as he demonstrated, confronts with truth. And Jesus taught a lot about hell, actually more than any other biblical figure. And so we see from scripture that hell is a real place. It's a place of judgment. It's forever. Uh, And hell is more terrible than we can imagine. And that's not a happy nugget, but it's a true nugget. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone to go there. And so I want my life to be about bringing as many people home to heaven to the Father as possible. So that's a lot for this episode. And I just want to say a prayer again. And I don't know what you're feeling right now, um, but I'm feeling thankful. I'm feeling thankful that God is a judge, and I'm feeling thankful um, that he provided a way for me, a sinner, who has unleashed evil in this world to be made right with him and to be sanctified and to become a new creation. I'm feeling thankful to the Lord that he will judge and defeat and destroy evil, which is the source of um, all this suffering in this world. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I wouldn't have made all this stuff up. Um, I, I wouldn't, um, but your word instructs me and it's a light to our path. And so I just say thank you for the word. Thank you that I have access to the Bible um, and it teaches truth. Um, So thank you that you love me enough to tell me the truth. And I pray for the person listening to this podcast, God. I pray that they would, if they haven't already, put their trust in Jesus for their salvation. Help them realize they can never be made right with God and go to heaven by just being a good person. It doesn't work that way. We aren't good people. (laughs) We are sinners 
rightly under God's condemnation, but we can be made right with God by his grace through faith alone. So Jesus, I just pray for everybody listening to this. God, help us not live in a dread fear, but in a true reverent fear of the Lord and help us live ready for the day when we see you face to face. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. Bless the person listening to this podcast in Jesus name. Amen. Friends, family, thanks so much for staying with me today, uh, living for the day. Let's, let's be people of great character, of great integrity. Let's warn people in love of the judgment to come. And uh, let's be about the business of seeing people come to know Jesus and go to heaven. Love you all. Talk to you soon. Blessings.